What is up, guys? Welcome to the Nat One Podcast, the Geek and Gamer Podcast, where we talk about video games, board games, music, movie, television, and anything else that's on our mind. I'm your host, Jester, and in the studio with me, I got your co-host, Failed. Hey, what's up? Uh, this is the first episode of the podcast, so we're just going to kind of give you an overview of what we're going to be about, and then after that, we're going to dive right into a full-length first episode. Uh, basically, I'm Jester, I'm the host, like I said, and I know a decent sum about movies and television and then i got failed next to me who knows basically everything there is to know about board games and video games uh, so i wouldn't say everything you, I, I i can play what i can afford yeah, yeah. well <laughs> you you know enough that i can sit there and listen to you talk about it for hours or whatever so uh we're basically just gonna banter back and forth and hopefully bring you some entertainment and bring you some value uh Every week or whatever, we'll come out and talk about what we're currently watching, what we're currently playing, and all that. And that's not saying that I don't play video games. I just don't play a lot of video games. Like, I have more time, I think, logged on Fallout 3 than every other game I've ever played combined. (laughs) Bethesda. Yeah, I I know how you feel about it. But, uh... So that, that's basically what it's going to be about, but we're just going to jump on into it. We're going to start having a conversation, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So what are you playing right now, Failed? Uh, well, I just beat Detroit Become Human, and uh, right now I'm working on Dragon Quest Eleven. I have about 24 hours put into it, and I'm about level 20. So you're not even going up at a level an hour? No. It, uh, <laughs> there's, there's some points where it's taking me a good, like, two hours to level. That's nuts. Yeah. You were you were telling me that um, there's this thing that goes on where in the battling in Dragon Quest you can actually move around now even though it's turn based. Yeah, um, it confused me at first. Uh, you go into an RPG and you're able to move around. Usually it's real time action RPG. Yeah. Well, I go in and it turns out it's still turn based. So I'm sitting here scratching my head wondering what the hell's going on. And. Uh, I realized it's still turn-based. So I was experimenting around. I was trying to see, like, if I move around, try to avoid attacks, if it helps me out at all. And turns out, no, it doesn't. Uh, spent about half an hour to an hour working on it, looked it up online. Turns out it actually adds absolutely nothing to the mechanics itself. It's just purely aesthetic. Well, I mean, that's cool, though, because video games are supposed to be aesthetic or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really neat. I'll switch it over every now and again just to kind of see my character's in different formations other than just a straight line. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you play, like, Final Fantasy and stuff, and they're always in a straight line in the turn-based versions. And yeah. it's kind of neat to see them kind of scattered around, kind of like uh, a Wild Arms game or uh, maybe... Oh, what game am I thinking of? Yeah, I'm sure it'll come to me. I don't know. I've never played Final Fantasy. I've watched my older brother play through uh, most of them, and tactics and that kind of shit but i've never actually played it myself well you 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 like a good story what did you think about the stories of those final fantasies that you watched Uh, it was cool so it's it's weird when it comes to me with video games i i don't like playing the ones that have really good storylines because it just i don't know you might as well just sit down and watch a movie but if somebody else is playing a game and it's got a good storyline i'll sit down and i'll just watch through them do you remember uh resistance fall of man yeah when that came out i was so excited for the story that i went out and bought it and then i went to my friend's house and picked him up and brought him to my house so he could play through it while i watched you guys didn't even play it together it was co-op Yeah, we didn't play co-op. I had him play through single player. I sat down and I watched it so that I could get the storyline. 
Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I just well, I know that you don't like games with story, and that to me, it strikes me as weird because that's my main driving point for a good game is the gameplay has to be fun, but it's also got to have a really good story. If it has a good story, I'm hooked. Yeah. I get pissed off if I'm watching a TV show or a movie that doesn't have character development and doesn't have a good plot. I mean, like, it really, really makes me angry. But then I'm playing through video games and all the story cutscenes and stuff come up and I'm like, come on, just, you know, get get all this stuff over with so that I can go shoot pedestrians or oh, whatever. Oh, um, So, like, uh... Have you actually played through the stories of any of the GTAs then? Or do you, are you one of those people that just goes around and shoots random enemies? Okay, random people? so like a week ago, I bought Grand Theft Auto V. And I have been playing it in my spare time. And with, with the amount of hours logged that I have, I should probably have the storyline done by now. But currently I'm stuck as Trevor. And I just did like my first drug run or whatever. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I'm still really early in the story. I'm playing through it just because I feel like that's going to unlock more stuff on the map for me to go rob or whatever. And in, in terms of character development, uh, GTA V was actually a really good example of character development. Yeah. So once you go through the story, you're going to start loving these characters. And I'm not going to spoil the ending for you, but the ending is really, really good in that game. I mean, that game's been out for, what, like 10 years? Yeah, but so, I mean, <laughs> it's still new to you. Spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler alert. There's no spoiler so. alert. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> so I just don't yeah. want to spoil it for you. I don't know. So you said that you were you were, you were were playing um, Detroit Rock City and... Detroit Become Human. Yeah, whatever. So you were playing through the Detroit game, and I, I knew yesterday that you were playing through it, and I thought that, that was going to be a main focal point, like something that we really touch on in this conversation. So I sat down to try and watch through um, I Am Robot, because I figure it's basically the same thing. Sonny the Robot becomes sentient or whatever, and that's basically what that game's about. I got like ten minutes in, and I fell asleep, so... I'm coming at this whole thing from memory for the most part. Uh, and you're supposed to be the guy that sits there and watches movies and you're falling asleep mid-movie. Well, come on, I mean, I, I, I'd been up for like, I don't know, almost 14 hours. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know, I just, early Will Smith, It's that, that movie was so bomb when it came out, like I loved it, and then... I saw I Am Legend, and I'm like, all right, so this is Will Smith. And now when I watch, it's so cliche, like, all of his dialogue in that movie. You know, so. speaking of Will Smith, though, I'm not a fan. People hate me for it, but I am not a fan of Will Smith. I don't hate you for it. I mean, I just, I, I question your judgment. Well, it's, think about it. If you, if you watch a Will Smith movie, yeah, he's always the same character. The way he acts is always yeah, the same. He's super his, good at it. His dialogue is super similar. Um, you could I, use, He didn't say Frank once <laughs> in iRobot. Oh, okay. He didn't say a name once. Yeah, or he didn't say Sam. He didn't run through any building screaming Sam with a gun in his hand. Okay, see, but that's that's story specific. That's yeah, specific yeah. to that yeah, yeah, yeah. specific movie, but his overall presentation, how he acts in his movies is always the same. I don't know. I think that him being a doctor in I Am Legend was completely different than him being a doctor in Concussion. Uh, I've never seen that. What's it about? <laughs> I don't know. Will Smith plays some doctor that figures... Will Smith plays Will Smith? Yeah. So oh, okay. He plays a doctor that, like, figures out that football players are getting concussions and tries to stop super rich football players from being sad after they retire or whatever. I don't know. I didn't really watch it. I watched part of it, and it wasn't Hitch, so I was like, this really isn't the Will Smith. I'm what into. about, uh, what's that one movie where he played with Jaden Smith as a little kid? 
like oh pursuit of happiness yeah i never saw it i cried like a baby during that movie like i don't even care i'll admit it i'll admit it to all of you out there that movie the the only other movie in the entire world that's made me cry harder than pursuit of happiness was love and other drugs love and other drugs what was that the one with sandra bullock and uh nope who was in it? Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a romantic comedy. Okay, I know what you're talking about. She's like dying or something. She's got Parkinson's. And, and there's uh, this one scene where like it's the first night that Jake Gyllenhaal's staying over at her house or whatever, and the next morning he's getting up to get ready to go to work, and she's trying to open a bag of pop tarts to give to him, and her hands are shaking so bad that she can't get the pop tarts open, and like he comes walking out of the room so she hides him behind her back and then he walks up to her and she hands him the package he's like I got you breakfast and he thinks that it's cool and he walks out the door because he's like yeah I got pop tarts but she's devastated that scene I was like oh I seriously I lost my shit right there I'm like what the so my laptop actually just died it was like the universe was trying to tell me to stop talking about romantic comedies when I'm going after uh, geeks and gamers <laughs> or, or maybe you know just uh keep it plugged in while yeah. recording yeah and maybe don't admit how much uh Anne Hathaway's made me cry live on the air um you know I, she didn't make me cry in this movie but I got pretty damn close uh Les Miserables yeah that was she did a great job in that movie yeah and I love musicals so seeing an all-star cast in that movie kind of yeah Wolverine just belting it out He's got a new movie where he wears a top hat and sings. Yeah, I have it. It's pretty damn good. I love it. <laughs> um, the music is kind of reminiscent of, like, Fall Out Boy. That's cool. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, I was watching a document. So I haven't seen The Greatest Showman, but I have seen a documentary about The Greatest Showman. <laughs> about P.T. Barnum, you mean? No, about or, the movie itself. Oh, okay. Like, I watched an entire documentary about the production of the movie and the creation of the songs and how they composed them and everything. Haven't seen the movie. Really, really liked the documentary. Don't remember what it was called. Just flipping through channels on TV or whatever. Um, you know, Zac Efron's in that movie. Oh, you know, uh, High School Musical? Yeah. <clears throat> but everything that I've seen him in so far, like, I think he was in uh, Neighbors, was it? Yeah, 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 he was in Neighbors. I, I like his role in Neighbors. I don't like the movie. I thought it was a terrible movie, but... Zach Efron did a good job. Um, Franco, what's his face? Dave Franco yeah, Dave did Franco. a really good job. He did a really good De Niro. That's what he did. Oh, yeah, that, that was the best part. <laughs> so, not to jump back on the rom-com wagon, but <laughs> there's this movie called That Awkward Moment, and it's a romantic comedy starring Zach Efron, and uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Imogene Poots. I... Or, you know that girl with the janky teeth from Need for Speed? No, never seen it. Oh, anyway. So, uh... That's also a hilarious romantic comedy that brought me kind of uh, close to tears. How did but he do in it, though? Zach he was great. I mean, I, I like him as an actor. That's what I'm saying. I just I hate everything he's in. Hey, Zach, if you're listening to this, do a superhero movie. You know, beat up What's-His-Face and become Gambit. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? He I looks more like Gambit. He'd do a decent Gambit. I'm trying yeah. to think of what else he'd do, though. Like, I think he'd be a better uh, Hawkeye than whoever was playing Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner? Yeah, whatever his face Ex -makeup is. Ex-makeup artist, Jeremy Renner. The Hurt Locker himself. He, uh, he complained so much after the first Avengers movie that Hawkeye wasn't getting enough screen time and wasn't getting enough of a storyline that in the uh, Age of Ultron movie, I think it was, they 
put in an entire scene that takes place in Hawkeye's house where you meet his family and meet his kids and stuff and it was supposed to bring his character to the next level and then when he was filming the movie Tag he broke both of his arms so he couldn't be in the new Avengers <laughs> movie and that, that's the only reason he's not in that movie he broke his arms for Tag which is a movie that isn't a multi-billion dollar industry like he, Marvel he, he broke them for tag like is he one of those actors that like hurts himself for his roles no i mean i'm, I'm sure that it was an accident i oh, don't okay. think that he was just like well I, I, he's not a method actor who wants to get into the mindset of having two broken arms but okay because i know that like kyle <coughs> above he did a film where his he had a scar on his face and he actually cut his face to and get that, that scar that's shia labeouf and there was um heath ledger who died as the joker so then he did it in real life too oh that's tasteless uh <laughs> <laughs> wow. <coughs> anyway, back to video games. Tell me about this um, Detroit 1962. Yeah, that was a pretty bad uh, tangent that we went off on. Yeah. Sorry, sorry um. about the rom-com tangent, guys. <laughs> and if you're a Heath Ledger fan, I formally apologize. Ehrlich von Lichtenstein is one of my favorite characters of all time. You so. know, uh, Jester here, he just uh, can't help but have those feelings for those rom-coms. <laughs> I love them. I don't know what it is. Um, the but, Big uh, Sick just came out. Well, I mean, by just came out, I mean like last year. Yeah, I was going to say. I've watched it like ten times. Kamal Nanjiani is just, he's so freaking I still haven't funny. seen it. I want to see it just because of him, though. Yeah. And we're going to go off on another tangent here. But uh, Detroit Become Human, what did yeah. you want to know about it? I don't know. Tell me about it. You were saying that, so it's the civil rights movement turned into a video game? That's what it felt like to me. You have a character, his name is Marcus. Okay. And he, uh, he worked for... Well, he was a slave, because, I mean, they're built to serve humanity. Yeah, I don't know if you could really call him a slave. He was built. So. That's Well, I'm saying it in the terms of the way the game world speaks of it as, okay. because the androids are trying to gain their freedom okay. and stop being slaves. Quote, unquote. So, uh, he, uh, he works for a rich artist. Okay. And the artist is teaching him how to do, like, art and music. And, and, and then the artist begs him to kill him, because this is iRobot? No. Um, the, well, I'm not, it's still a fairly new game, so I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but the artist yeah. dies. Okay. That's about as bad as I'm gonna get with the spoilers. Yeah. Um, the artist dies, and, uh, Marcus gets blamed for it. Okay. So, he ends up being decommissioned and ripped apart. Rough. Well, it's like uh, that episode of Futurama. <laughs> with Beck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good episode. The Band Aid. Yeah. A good one. But uh, so he ends up in a great or not a graveyard. Well, I guess it's an android graveyard, but it's okay. a junkyard. Jun yeah, it's a and uh, dump. he rebuilds himself using parts from old robots. Oh, see that that's mistake number one. You got to go after the brain. Yeah, I know you'd think, right? There's a lot of robots that are still living in these things. A lot of androids that are still alive That's in this junkyard. That's a dumb move. I mean, like, I totally get that you build an android and you never assume that it's going to gain sentience, but if you leave him alive in a junkyard long enough, I, I don't know. But, yeah, so he, he rebuilds himself and he ends up meeting a group of more of these androids that are sentient. And they end up starting a whole resistance. Are, well, they, are they living in shipping containers? No. Okay, so Will Smith doesn't come and open a shipping container and have a thousand robots? Walking? No. Okay. Uh, but uh, they're they're actually in a tanker. Oh, excuse me. 
They're not in the containers. It's an abandoned tanker in there. Oh, in the tanker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Completely different. But uh, you end up doing things to spread awareness of the sentience of androids. And uh, you can choose to take a peaceful approach, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. or a violent approach, you know, Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah. And the game just felt very, like, civil rights preachy to me. Which I didn't mind because it made for a good story. Yeah, yeah. But it was still a little bit uh, too preachy for my taste. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, some of that stuff's pretty cool to me. Like, the whole... Um, you remember the X-Men TV show in the 90s? Yes. Stan Lee did that entire thing as, like, a gay rights thing. Really? Yeah, the whole... Like, he's got a bunch of information out there on Dem Internets, if you want to check it out, where the 1990s uh, cartoon for the X-Men, that's, like, when Senator Kelly or whatever comes in and he initiates the registration and creates the Sentinels, Night of the Sentinels, the first episode, which I still own on VHS today. Um, wow, that's and, a... Do you still have a VCR? No. But... Okay, so I it doesn't own, do much good, then. It's like a trophy, you know? Get it framed, hang it on the wall... But I, I also have the entire series digital. But that whole thing was a gay rights movement thing. It, it was about homosexual rights and how, it was the civil rights of our day or whatever. How so. how was it about like? Because they're they're outcasts. They're different from society. They were born a certain way that makes them different from everybody else. And the X Men themselves, yeah, the yeah, mutants. Yeah, the mutants. So like being a mutant was the equivalent of being a gay. Being a gay. I, should I put that online? Uh, we'll be all right. a shit. <laughs> but, so, is are it's not really like robot versus robot. If you go, no. so if you go back, have you done? You said you've beaten it twice. Yeah. So you did one good one, like one non-violent, one violent. Yeah. With the violent one, do you get to fight other robots? No. Man, that'd be so cool. Um, I just like watching robots fight. <laughs> he he felt kind of like uh kind of like a god because he could convert other androids to become sentient like, oh, like he touched them and then yeah. they turned red he would touch them they'd say blue. you are free and then so, they're sentient yeah yeah like the corporation that runs them they'd turn red and they'd come after you but if they turned blue they were sentient and will smith got away with a lot more kind of except <coughs> you you wouldn't be able to tell like yeah. uh in irobot there's a clear indicator of if they're sentient or not and yeah Detroit, so it's, not. it's kind of like a Westworld kind of feel. Where Have you watched Westworld? No. Okay. So Westworld is, for everybody out there who doesn't know, and my amazing co-host who barely owns a TV. Um, I have a TV. I play video games. Westworld is a, t it's a TV show on HBO based on an old movie where basically this company gets together and figures out a way to create robots that look and feel so much like humans that you can't tell the difference and they create a theme park where you can just like go and literally do whatever you want you can kill people you can i mean because it's, it's, it's androids yeah it's robots so like if one of them gets murdered then it looks like it's real i mean it bleeds or whatever but then they just take it back to the shop and fix it all up multi-billion dollar corporation or whatever one of the characters whose name i'm not going to say because i'm sick of spoiler alerts but totally not well no I'm not going to tell you who it was. I was about to, but I Spoiler won't. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so one of them, a couple of them possibly, gain like full sentience. And one of them who gains sentience, she, it, it's a ghost in the machine kind of thing where, it, and there's another iRobot reference. Um, it's a ghost in the machine kind of thing where her brain just comes alive. 
and she figures out how to alter her own code and through her own personal code alterations she makes herself so charismatic that she can talk other androids into sentience so she talks them into it well not so it's at a point where it's not like she walks up to him she's like hey bro we need to talk about your sentience real quick but no she'll so she's not knocking at everyone's door saying no, no, i'd no. like to but spread the word she, of she sentience can, <laughs> she can walk up to them and speak sentience into them it's weird it's like a god complex kind of thing where she can like i she can just speak to them and unlock that part of their brain or whatever I don't know. It's cool. They're programming. Yeah. <laughs> brain. I still don't know if I even believe that they're alive. And I'm totally not caught up. So for everybody out there caught up, please don't spoil in the comment section. <laughs> because I stopped watching about halfway through this last season and just haven't gotten HBO back yet. So I'm waiting on that. I'm actually thinking about getting Showtime because uh, season 9 of Shameless aired yesterday. And Shamelessly, that's one of my favorite shows. Then, uh, speaking of, I think it's Showtime, uh, Jim Carrey has a new show coming out, too, and I don't know what to think about it, dude. I don't know if I trust him anymore as, like, a human being. He, Ace Ventura was awesome. He's starting to reach, uh, Tom Cruise levels of crazy. He's just so out there. <laughs> um, did you know that for a scene, I don't know which Mission Impossible it was, there's a scene where he's fighting this guy, and the guy has a knife Jim to his eye. No, no, Tom Cruise. Okay. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Come I'm, on. Just, I'm like, I didn't think that Ace Ventura was in that. No, um, speaking of Tom Cruise, but, uh... Yeah, okay. Anyway, there's a scene where he's fighting someone, and he has the knife up to his eye. Mm -hmm. It turns out that he told the other actor, try your hardest to stab me in the eye. And, uh, so, like, this actor, you see his hands trembling. It's yeah. because they have the knife hooked onto a wire that's holding him back. And the wire sets it to where the knife is just barely, like, close to his eye that it's being held back by the wire. That's stupid. And the guy's, like, fighting against the wire trying to stab Tom Cruise in the eye. Some of the worst shit I've ever heard. Well, I mean, he's crazy. He likes to do his own stunts. Um, He got... He's, like... Five foot two and has a middle tooth. I can't stand him. <laughs> Have you seen his middle tooth? If you haven't seen Tom Cruise's middle tooth, get on YouTube or Google right now and search Tom Cruise's middle tooth. You'll never be the same again. Hold, I promise. hold on, I gotta look this up. It's gonna change your life. I can't. I can't unsee it. Like I watch Top Gun and Rain Man a lot, and <laughs> it just. I don't know. Let's see, Tom, Tom Cruise's Cruise. middle tooth. I'm just looking up Tom Cruise because oh, he smiles in literally every that's picture. That's true. There's not a picture that he's not smiling in. Oh, wow. Right? Okay, it's right in the it's middle. It's a middle tooth. It's so <laughs> I can't stand it. Wow. Um, that's kind of, that, you, you got me right there, too. I probably won't forget that. But uh, You'll never unsee it. Kind of like the, the celebrity look-alike animals. I picture them in my head randomly, like, constantly. Yeah, yeah, that dog that looks like Ron Perlman. Or I that thought cat, it was a cat, the yeah. Cat, the cat that looks like Ron that's, Perlman. That's one of my favorite pictures so on the funny. internet. Um, but, uh... Okay, we want another tangent here. <laughs> we did. We're trying. We're supposed to be talking about Detroit Rock City. We're not Kiss. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I never remember the name of the game. Detroit Fall a Man. Become human. Become human. Um, that's a philosophical quand. Well, no, we're not going to do another philosophical rant or anything. Uh, maybe maybe another time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on becoming human and what it truly means. 
Yeah. Um, if you guys want to hear about that, let us know. We'll do a whole episode about what it means to become human. We do love philosophy, so it's we're right. not opposed we're, to it. We're philosophizers. <laughs> but, uh, okay, what, what else do you want to know about it? I don't know. Spoilers? Just tell me, like, the whole story. Well, okay. Don't. I'm, I'm not going to. I told you. It's a pretty new game. What, what's the character development actually like, though? Because I, I can uh, imagine in a game about becoming human, there's got to be some development. I mean, you can't just... You know, it's not as good as I would think. Yeah. Um, the characters, like, you have what You play as three different androids. Okay. One of them is, like, a detective that is set out to capture these... They call them deviants Does in the he game. get to wear a trench coat? No. Stupid. But Marcus does. Um, All right. Well, that's backwards, but, but I can uh, dig it. Then you have uh, this other one who is a housekeeper, and she's trying to protect this little girl. Okay. And you would think, like, the, all of these characters, you start out with them in their programming. Like, they're completely... Non-sentient? Obedient, yeah. And you actually play through the point where they become sentient. Okay. And, uh... You would think that, like, there's plenty of room for character development, but... I don't think there's just room for character development. That would be a necessity in a game about becoming something that you aren't. It's more about your... It's more about the story that you set up. The the events that you put into motion. Is okay, so Detroit about. 2 is going to be the real one? Maybe, I don't know. If they even make a second one. I mean, Quantic Dream is the company that made it, mm-hmm. and they also did Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, I've never even heard of those. Oh, they're amazing. I love them both. Okay. But, uh... You say Heavy Rain, and I think about that, uh, song that everybody... That jazz song on YouTube that everybody listens to with the rain falling in the background. Uh, Fragrance of Dark dark Coffee. Got it. Gadot? Gadot? I don't know. The one chick? Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman? Or whatever? Yeah, but no, not her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just like her... It's actually spelled exactly like her name. So look up Wonder Woman's last name on YouTube. That This is a plug for a song that I have no affiliation to. But seriously, sit down, grab a glass of scotch, turn it on with the rain playing in the background, it'll change your life. Big, right? fast cigar in your mouth? Yeah. You know, there you go. Just gotta, be, gotta have your smoking jacket on? Be someone that you're not. It's, <laughs> it's so great. Um... What were we talking about? The French maid. Oh, uh, she's not a French maid. Sorry. She's trying to protect this girl, and you would think that that'd leave a lot of room for character development, but it really didn't. Um, I think it's because in a game where each character is who you choose, and you have different routes to go, mm-hmm. you can't really... like Unless if you're going choose, plotting a certain route and following it to the end, there's character development that way. But you can deviate from your path however you want, no matter so what. So it's an R.L. Stein book, like you get to choose your own ending? Yeah, basically, and that's how Heavy Rain was, too. Um, that's what we were talking about, Heavy Rain. That's why the fragrance of Dark Coffee. Beyond Two up. Souls wasn't like that so much. Um, I think it's actually the weakest out of those three games. Heavy Rain was amazing. Okay. Um, I actually have it. I'll show it to you sometime. I cool. think you'd enjoy watching it. I will sit down and watch through that with you. Um... But yeah, there wasn't very much room for character development, but the story was really good, yeah. and that's what kind of dragged me into it. I cared about these androids, that's not right. because of their character, but because of what's going on around them. It okay. was more the world that drew me in than anything. So good plot, crappy character development. I, I think you can only, like I said, I think you can only go so far with that type of yeah, yeah, gameplay, yeah. though. Um, I, I feel know. like if it was more linear, 
it would have great character development. Yeah, like, but because they have to keep it open to all these different choices, they can't force the character development one way or the other. Because it's how you want it to be. In Fallout 4, I'm like trying to make all the right choices, and I'm just saying whatever I think sounds nice, and half the time it comes out sarcastic or mean, and I'm just like, wow, that's absolutely not what I meant. Like, the, the sentence that they show you when you can choose what sentence you want, I'll read it, and I'll be like, oh, that's nice, and then he'll just say it like an asshole, and I'm like, well, you fuck, know, I'm a- in, in video games with choices, mm-hmm. I run into that a lot. I'm like, oh, I want to choose this one because this is what I think it'll be. Like, with the gameplay style that I'm choosing, or with how I feel, personally. Yeah, yeah. And it'll come out as just a, some completely sarcastic asshole remark. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, well, shit. Are we that's, cynical? That's, maybe. We might be cynical. Well, no, it's like, you, you look at it and it's like, it could either be sincere or sarcastic. Yeah. And you choose it wanting it to be sincere, but it ends up being sarcastic, and yeah. you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's dumb. Like, right. you can't put sarcasm into text. Yeah. Like, if you want it to be sarcastic, put a little bracket well, in front of no, that sarcasm. I, I, they, so in Fallout 4, they actually have a response that is sarcastic, and it doesn't say what you're gonna say, but it comes out sarcastic. I'm talking, like, I don't know, there are things that I think are gonna come out nice, and it just gets me in trouble, and I end up fighting some dude in a leather jacket. And, I don't know. And then he shoots you in the head, and you die. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm really not good at video games. But there's that cool thing. So I, I just got to the point in uh, Grand Theft Auto where I can walk up to civilians as Trevor and press the right button and just insult them. Oh, yeah. And I'm doing that like crazy. That's so much fun. Um, Fun thing to do in GTA Five, and I'm sure you've seen the YouTube videos. Nope. Oh, well, um, if you're a different character and you switch to Trevor... Every now and again, he'll start out like there's one where he's chasing a train on a scooter wearing a dress. Oh, that's hilarious. And you'll like come into his world because in GTA, all the characters are experiencing life yeah, while you're yeah. another character, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's a cool. Little, I mean, the amount of I don't know thought that had to go into create. I I don't know if it's a random algorithm or what. Like, wh- what was that one game that we used to play where I was mining asteroids and everything? Was oh, just- Elite Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything was just like a random algorithm to create that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that one, well, it's not random. Um, it, it's very, very hard to achieve random encoding. Yeah. So for the most part, things like that are procedural. I mean, you, just do, you just do like dot rand or whatever. Yeah, but even then, it's still procedural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh. Well, it's because it's a computer, and androids cannot become humans. Oh, oh, gonna go there, huh? Yeah, we'll do the the throwback to what we're supposed to be talking about. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're not supposed to be talking about anything. That's true, we said that we're just gonna have a conversation, so. But, uh, you see a lot of games that, like, like .hack, I know you've played .hack. Yeah. Um, randomly generated dungeons. Yeah. Uh, thing is, they're not that random. They're, they're procedurally generated. Yeah, so it's random within a... Within a certain limit, yeah. um, every world that you go into, because you use the Chaos Gate, every world that you go into has a certain amount of floors in the dungeon. Yeah. And then the game says, okay, there's going to be, I, I think this is how it works. It says that there's going to be, like, this many blocks of the dungeon. Yeah, hold that thought for a second, because my cat won't stop making noise, so I'm going to move him out of the studio real quick. Ah, unless you guys like cats, if you want meowing in the background, I'll keep him. Let, <laughs> let me know for future episodes. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Okay, so I think I think the way that it works is that uh, there, it gives you a certain amount of spaces in that dungeon, and yeah, then so that's it's like random inside of a certain box. 
Yeah, and that's the amount of dungeons that it'll give you. Or that's the amount of uh, area that the dungeon has, and then the same amount of floors. Yeah, and then it's just randomly generated inside of that. Yeah, which... Uh, and by... I mean, it's like they, they have options of what can possibly be going on, and it chooses that option at random? Yeah, basically. Okay. So, like, there could be a chest here, there could be a chest there, or Trevor might be wearing a dress, or... You know, or cussing out someone, or yeah, killing someone, yeah. And it chooses that at random, but all that stuff's actually coded. Yeah. And... Uh, That's a lot of time. It, it is. Um, GTA 5 had... Oh, man. Let's see. GTA 4 to GTA 5. It was... I want to... I don't even know. I, I should probably look this up so I don't sound like an idiot. All right, but guess um, while you're looking it up because I don't I, want... I'm going to guess that they were probably about six or seven years between each other. It might be more, actually. But, uh... Let me see real So, quick. I haven't played a Grand Theft Auto since uh, Grand Theft Auto 3. <clears throat> really? Yeah. You didn't play 4? I didn't play, uh... What's that other one? Where San, San Andreas or whatever? Okay, uh, GTA 4 was 2008. Okay. And GTA 5 came out in... I think 2016? No, 2013. Wow, Damn. it's been out that long? Okay, um, so... It was a five-year gap between the games. That's a five-year development cycle because you know Rockstar. As soon as they put out a GTA, they're coming out with the next. They're already making the next one. Yeah, it's too big of a franchise not to do that. It's like how when uh, Saints Row wanted the new Saints Row out after they got bought out by that company or whatever, they were just like, "We need a new game out. Quit working on the expansion and just release it as its own game." Did you know that Saints Row and Red Faction took place in the same universe? I don't know what Red Faction is. Um, it, I know what Saints Row is because you got a pimp cane that works as a shotgun, <laughs> that's it. Red Faction was a PS2 game originally. Okay. It's about uh, miners on Mars, and they start a rebellion against this uh, mine, mining company. Miners like they mine for ore, or yes. miners like 15-year-olds? No, like they mine for ore. Okay. And uh, they start a, re re a rebellion against the company that they mine for. That's just stupid. Because uh, they're treated like crap and people are dying in the mines constantly. Yeah, but I mean job security. Um, you know what? I, I, I don't remember that well because it's been a while since I played it. Okay. But I think that like they're basically slaves. They have no choice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... So they're androids <coughs> too? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> they're, they're people. All right. <laughs> But, yeah, so, but, yeah, that company that ran the mines in Red Faction was also the same company that, you know, Ultor, that bad company in, yeah, San, yeah. in Saints Row? That's the same company. Okay. And I thought that was really kind of neat that... Yeah, I like all that cross-genre cross, cross genre or whatever kind of stuff. I'm watching through uh, Castle Rock right now, and uh, if you guys haven't seen Castle Rock and you have Hulu, what are you doing? I mean, it's great. So it takes place in Castle Rock, which it, I, what I love about it is I'm really not, I don't like Stephen King's books. Mm -hmm. I, lo I love his movies because I truly believe his books are just, you know, he writes scripts and hopes that they get turned into movies. But <clears throat> it takes place after the Shawshank Redemption, like 15 years after or whatever, but it's at the Shawshank Prison. 
and it's about just random cool crap that happened there. I don't know, this latest episode kind of is having me lose a little bit of interest because they're trying to go really M. Night Shyamalan about it, but it's J.J. What a twist. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's J.J. Abram and Stephen King working together. Last time that they did that, they came out with uh, Wayward Pines, which was really good for the first season, and then I don't even know if they got signed for a third. The second season just sucked ass because that's what happens when you let J.J. Abrams touch something. I don't know. He he does some pretty decent stuff. I he, he does, and like his first shot at something is always great. And then he's just like, "How can we make this even cooler?" And I don't know. He his his stuff's good, like to start with, and then I don't know, like the uh, the the Star Trek movies that Abram worked on, those were great. And then they handed it over to Simon Pegg, and it sucked. So that's not really Abram's fault. But Wayward Pines, absolutely. It's Cloverfield was one of my favorite and. This is going to get me some hate. Cloverfield's one of my favorite movies of all time, the original. Um, it's actually pretty much a cult classic at this point. Is a it? lot of people love I it. So many people that I talked to just hate it. It was so good. But then, like, then they're trying to expand that whole universe. And, like, 10 Cloverfield Lane, pretty cool. Uh, the Cloverfield Paradox or whatever it's called on Netflix, I watched, like, 15 minutes of it. And then I'm just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Sorry, bad robot. Is it another movie? Yeah. And then they got, what's that other one? District 9 or something? is Was that part it, of Cloverfield? It's part of the Cloverfield universe. Um, I didn't look up the details, but I saw an article online about District 9. Did, yeah. did you know that to film that, they used an 8 megabyte memory card for the whole movie? That's awesome. Yeah, I, was, I saw that. I'll look into it more later because I was like, I'm going to save this yeah, for later. We, but We can do a whole episode on the uh, different universes within. On, on multiverses? and Yeah. That. Well, no, shared universe is what it would be. Yeah, it'd be... Like, uh, like Rick and Morty and, uh... What's that Gravity show? Falls. Gravity Falls, yeah. Yeah, they take place in the same universe. If you didn't know that, look it up. It's super cool. Rick and Morty takes place in the same universe as Gravity Falls. And if you don't know what Gravity Falls is, then congratulations on being an adult. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I don't know, speaking of, like, the, that whole shared universe thing, it's really messing me up with this, uh... With Castle Rock? No, no, no. With uh, the Marvel movies and how they're going to move into part four or whatever they call it, stage four. What, what are they the doing with the shared universe, though? So, like, the shared universe, it's working really well as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going. But with the introduction of Spider-Man, it's kind of messing me up because I don't know how it's going to work now with, like, Daredevil and the uh, Netflix universe, those are taking place in the same universe. In the first season of Daredevil, the first season of uh, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage and stuff, they're always alluding back to what happened in New York during the first Avengers movie, and stuff like that. So it takes place within the same universe, and I don't know how they're going to do Spider-Man without Kingpin. So there's going to have to be a Netflix series crossover with the movies if they want to keep it. See, I I was under the understanding that the Netflix shows and the movies are two totally separate universes. They're not. They take place within the same universe. It's just two completely separate companies that are doing it. So I don't know how they're going to get together. And I don't know. There's so much I'm mad about with that universe. <laughs> like in the Venom movie, I'm pretty sure they're using Flash as Venom. Which they also have already introduced Flash in the Spider-Man movies. And with Disney acquiring Fox, they're going to be able to use Venom. But they're not going to be able to use the same Venom. Maybe they'll use the right Venom then. <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't know how much I trust them to stay canon on much of anything, but... Well, that's, there's so many, like, okay, when you uh, when you put these comic books into the hands of 
these big companies that are making the money off of these. They want to make it as entertaining as possible. And the, the comics, they have a lot of uh, exposition to them. Yeah. So I feel like these companies, in order to keep them interesting and relevant, they have to go off of canon so much. Yeah. And it's a real bummer for me. Um, you know what comic book movie had the best canon that I have seen? Hmm. Watchmen. Yeah. Um, you can you can seriously open up the graphic novel and watch the movie, and there's so much of the dialogue that's the exact same, and then you can even point out separate panels. Is, there, is the there a part in the comic book where that Rorschach guy says, you're, you're in here with me? I don't remember. I think so. <laughs> I think that is a line from the, from I, the comic. I think that's the only line I remember from that entire movie, but that's the only line that any of our listeners remember because, I mean, come on, Watchmen? Um, it, it's another cult classic. Is a it? lot of people love it. It's so um, I, I'm in some groups on Facebook, a lot of like geek groups and stuff, and Watchmen comes up a lot. Like, yeah, that weird smiley face logo or whatever. Well, no, just discussing it. Like, for some reason, Watchmen keeps coming up in these groups, and they love it. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and I, I don't mind because it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but when yeah. I did watch it, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was one of the best movies I'd ever seen. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm coming from a perspective where my favorite movie's No Country for Old Men, so... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Watchmen, it, it stayed pretty true to canon, and I was really happy with that. Yeah. There was a couple things where they took a little bit of justice with their creativity, but overall it stayed pretty true to the graphic novel. I feel like video games have a better chance of staying canon. Well, yeah, because <clears throat> in a video game, that game, like... Let's take Dragon Quest, for instance. I'm barely scratching the surface, and I'm 20 hours in. Yeah. You can... In a movie, you have, like, what? Two, three hours. Yep. At most. Yeah, and you gotta fit a video, lot in there. Video games, I mean, there's some that span over 100 hours. Yeah. So you got more time to flesh out the canon and the... A lot world. of the like, a lot of the games that are coming out right now that are based on something that you can stay true to canon with, though they're picking to stay canon with the movies, just because... That's, that's what makes money. Yeah. Um... And they're usually not very good games. Uh, Deadpool was a terrible game. Like, Deadpool was a good movie. Yeah. It didn't follow off of the movie because it came out years before yeah. the movie. It had good dialogue. The dialogue was great. Yeah. But uh, the gameplay was... Yeah. Um, best video game tie-in movie that I've ever played was Wolverine. Yeah. That game it was fucking amazing. And it I loved stuck it. to the canon of the movie? Um, <laughs> no. Kind of. I don't remember too well. I think you fought Deadpool, but like uh, okay, so the, it's, the it's X, sticking to in-game the, the X-Men Deadpool. Yeah, like the one from that terrible movie where Ryan Reynolds had his mouth oh, so shut. Oh, yeah, I think you on. fight that Deadpool. But the game, like mechanic-wise, was amazing. And then, like, if you got damaged, you would see like chunks of skin gone, okay. and you'd see it regenerate, and that's cool. It was pretty cool. I think talking about movies that don't stick to canon and suck out loud, we could probably spend literally forever talking about every X-Men movie that was ever made. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's a different canon than what I grew up with. It technically sticks to a canon, but I hate it, and it's stupid. So. But, I mean, with, with just Marvel alone, think of how many universes there are. Yeah. So, I mean, there's literally an infinite amount of universes out there, so the canon can be literally anything that these movie makers want. They can just say, oh, it's another universe. Yeah. 
I'm kind of excited to see what Disney does with X-Men because they got their hands on it now. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a big movie fan. Uh, I'd rather play video games, but... So, I haven't seen Avengers. I know. Any of them. But, um... But you've seen Batman, Superman. Obviously, I'm a DC fan. Martha! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. That was... It was something for them to identify towards each other with. Oh, oh, oh. They're they're both male. (laughs) Although, I'll admit, like, Zack Snyder did a terrible job of getting them together as, like, a group. Yeah. Um, what, what I liked about Batman vs. Superman, and I actually liked the movie... But what I really liked about it was... It it was kind of like Watchmen. Who watches the Watchmen? It was the whole... Do these super-powered people... Should they be allowed to... Fight crime like this? They're hurting people. Stop them. If you Um, think you can, get out there and do it. Exactly, right? It's like, I'd like to see you try it. Well, Superman would probably be like... If they were like, oh, we don't want you around... He'd probably be like, okay, and then he'd leave. Well, I mean, he kind of did that anyway, but... Um, I still haven't seen Justice League or Wonder Woman yet, though. Yeah, you're alright. I mean... <laughs> well, I liked Batman vs. Superman, but... There's one scene in Justice League. It just and, and, Spoiler alert for real if you guys haven't seen Justice League. I need to rant for a minute. Um, so, Steppenwolf is on planet or whatever, and they're like, all we need to do is kill Steppenwolf, and then we'll be able to save the entire world. And they're just getting their asses kicked, like legitimately getting their asses handed to him. Steppenwolf walks over to Batman, rips his ass off, hands it to him, he's like, here you go. Like, and, literally his ass? <laughs> anyway, so, just decimated. Superman pops in, he's like, what's up, guys? And beats the shit out of Steppenwolf, just like knocks him down to the ground, like, yeah! And he's laying there, and Superman walks over to Batman, and he goes, What's up? What do we gotta do? And Batman's like, We kill this Steppenwolf character, and the entire universe is saved. And Superman's like, Cool, you guys looked like you had it handled. Wait, wait. I'm gonna go help the Flash catch a bus. Batman and, said that? Yeah. Batman doesn't kill. It's part of his code. Well, they, they have to stop Steppenwolf, or whatever. It's stupid. Okay. They're like, We just need to stop this guy, and then once he's done, we'll be able to save the entire universe. And Superman watched them get their asses kicked, shows up, and just decimates this dude. And then he's like, Cool, I'm going to go help the Flash catch a bus. And then he starts flying after the Flash. Like, kill the dude that's going to destroy the universe instead of trying to save a bus of, like, what, four people or whatever? And I don't know. That, that That's one of those, if you got three people on one side of a railroad and one on the other do you pull the lever and kill it well one of those kinds of things but i, I just it's it, it's so stupid with, with a lot of the dc superheroes though their first priority is to save people who are in danger like the entire universe yeah but like i don't know it's more of a narrow-minded tunnel vision yeah they're they don't look at the big picture a lot of the time <laughs> yeah like uh if Batman had killed the Joker, there'd be so many more people alive in that universe. Batman can't kill the Joker. Without Batman, you don't have the Joker, and without the Joker, you don't have Batman. They made that uh, that reference in Killing Joke. I haven't seen Killing Joke. Um, I'm talking about the comic, but oh. sorry. <laughs> Although they did they did do the animated Killing Joke, and it was pretty solid. It was it was really good. I liked it. Um, the Joker every time that. He has a series, like a big part in one of the original comics or the movies. A big thing with him is he's got a lot of, uh, like, psychology behind him. And I mean, a lot of the times I don't agree with it, but it is, it like kind of like makes Batman like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait here, wait a minute. Yeah. 
So I, I really like the the interactions between Batman and the Joker. I think that they're some of the best in any show, any video game, any movie, any comics. I love the Joker and the Batman as a as a pair. Yeah, I don't like uh, Jared Leto. Uh, <laughs> not ju- I mean, that's not saying I don't <laughs> like him as the Joker. I don't really have any. Uh, you know, there. Uh, there's a bunch of theories online about how the Jared Leto Joker is actually Jason Todd. Or, not Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason... Yeah, Jason Todd. I don't know who that is. Uh, Jason Todd was one of the Robins. Okay. And he was killed by the Joker. He wasn't the one that turned into that big guy that carries the stick? No. Okay. Carries the stick. Yeah, you know, Nighthawk or Nightwing oh, or Night- whatever. Oh, Nightwing? Yeah. That, he carries two sticks. Whatever. <laughs> two sticks, big stick, same thing. Um... But yeah, like there, there's the theory going around that he is the Joker from Suicide Squad, and uh, now you have this Joker movie that's coming out. Yeah. And I don't know what to think about it. I really don't. Do you uh, think Maggie and Negan are going to be in it? Um, I don't think so. Uh, why would they hire? Just, why would they hire these two big name actors who are just massive right now to, to play a two minute part of a movie? <laughs> They didn't even have a line. I mean, if they don't have something lined up for that, then that's uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yeah. I think that's his name. Um, Negan. He did laugh in the scene, I think. I'm pretty sure he laughed. Oh. So that was his line. I mean, you can't say that's they didn't have any lines. That's true. Hey, so guys, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, it's a good conversation, and we're probably going to continue it when we're not recording. But I had to turn the air conditioner off in here because it was making too much background noise, and I'm straight up dying. So uh, <clears throat> we'll put this up on the air. Give us some feedback. Let us know the kind of stuff that you want to hear. Um, we're going to start doing some guests and stuff. I've got two guests lined up right now for some future podcasts. Uh, we'll give you the names in a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll get all the information out in the next podcast. If this one gets some play on it, we'll get the information out for our Facebook, our website, and all of that stuff. So uh, this shameless plug, this podcast has been brought to you by BanjosCloset.com, a website for all of your geek and nerd needs or whatever. Go there, buy shit. Don't go there, don't buy shit. I don't care. They already paid to produce this episode. So, um... We'll, we'll hit you back next week. Leave us some feedback if you can to let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, and help us improve the podcast. Until then, uh, game on and peace out. <laughs>